This is Pastor Keith Rankin from Marion Independent Baptist Church. It's good to have you with us today. The title of this message is called Alas, Poor Yorick. Golgotha was a hill outside of Jerusalem where orders of execution were carried out. The word Calvary has an identical meaning as Golgotha. The two terms are interchangeably used. Both words signify a place called the skull. In modern age, Skulls are glorified. Tattoos, clothing, jewelry, all bear a resemblance to human skulls and have been popular for several decades. But there's nothing beautiful about death and Golgotha certainly was a hideous place. In the famous Shakespearean play, Hamlet is presented with a skull. It is that of the dead court jester whose body was exhumed by a gravedigger. The same skull, sir, was Sir Yorick's skull, the king's jester, the gravedigger said. Holding the skull up to Hamlet, Hamlet looked at it and said, Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him. How many skulls were discarded at the place of Golgotha, we do not know, but we do know what once happened there. This scene was the crucifixion of Christ. It's the most recognized place in history. Three areas claim to be the site today, but the exact spot is unknown. One of the possible locations, perhaps the best one from a visual situation, has a rocky hill that looks like a skull. Every year, millions of devout Christians travel to Israel to see these places. There was a crowd of people at Calvary. My focus today is upon four of those people, specifically upon four men, Three of the four men did not desire to be there that day. One of them did. Two of the men were thieves that were dying for their crimes. They certainly did not want to be there. Then there was the centurion. As he stood in the heat and guarded the cross, pushing back weeping mourners and enduring the weather, he did not want to be there either. He was not a low-ranking man. He had the charge of a hundred men. The only reason why he was there at Golgotha was that Pilate had ordered him to be on this watch, and watch he did. It was the centurion that saw the earthquake. It was the centurion that saw the sky darken from noon until after Christ died. It was the centurion who heard the loving words of Christ on the cross. It was the centurion who greatly feared and said, truly, this is the Son of God. It was the centurion who said to his men, thrust the spear into Jesus' side. It was the centurion who, after Christ died, was commanded to return to the cross to verify that Christ was dead. I think that we can safely say that neither of those three men wanted to be on Calvary. I think we can safely say that neither of those three men wanted to be at Calvary. But what about the remaining man, Jesus Christ? Did he want to be there? Did Jesus want to be at Calvary? Of all the people at Calvary that day, Jesus Christ was the only one who went there by choice to do the Father's will. He chose the cross because it was the only way to save souls. The crucifixion did not take place by surprise. Though they did not believe him, Jesus informed his apostles that he was going to be crucified 
He had told them that he was going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men and to be crucified and the third day rise again. Matthew chapter, chapter 24, verse 7. We have dealt with three of the four men mentioned on Calvary, but that last man, Jesus, what about him? Why would Jesus deliberately place himself into the hands of his adversaries knowing that they would kill him? Why did he want to be at Calvary? Let me illustrate this with a story that probably happened sometime in history. Imagine with me that one of your loved ones is deathly ill. You go to the hospital, you talk to the doctor. The doctor comes out to give you counsel. There's good news, he says. We have a cure. You rejoice, but the doctor does not smile. He continues, but the cure is very costly. How costly, you ask? Then he tells you of the amount, and you gasp and fall back into your chair. To pay for the treatment, you will have to sell everything that you have. In the end, you will own nothing. You pause for a second, for you know what must be done. Give my loved one the treatment. You agree? The cost is nothing in comparison to having my loved one healthy. Now imagine with me a discussion that took place before the foundation of the world. The Godhead knew that mankind would sin. For free will's sake, men were allowed to sin. But in allowing sin, God also permitted the consequences. The wages of sin is death, Paul wrote in Romans. And after death comes eternal punishment in hell's fire. All sinners would go there unless there was a cure. What did our loving God do? He gave his most precious gift. His son would die a horrendous death so that sin's curse might be taken away. It really was not a difficult choice to make. The cross was love's only way. You understand it now, don't you? That just as you would give everything to see a loved one live, God gave everything to see you live. So of the four men at Golgotha that day, only Jesus was there out of his own love. He was there in submission to the Father's plan because he loved the world. He was there to save sinners from eternal condemnation. He was there for you and me. There's one more particularly interesting thing about the four men at the cross. As far as we know, only two of the men certainly went to heaven, Jesus and the believing thief. Of course, we know that Jesus returned to heaven. The Bible says that after his resurrection, he ascended, and that he lives at the right hand of God to make intercession for us. We know that one of the thieves believed, Jesus said unto him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. In other words, the saved thief and Jesus went to heaven. The other two were lost. The mocking thief, he had no room for repentance. He neither acknowledged his crime, he never said, I deserve this. He never spoke to Christ kindly, he did not respond when chastened by his fellow malefactor. Imagine the terrible hour of that man at the judgment seat. You had a chance of eternal life, like your friend. You could have cried out for mercy as your friend. Instead, why did you do nothing? Well, this brings us to the final man. This brings us to the centurion that was there. What happened to him? 
Again, we do not know. We have suspicions, however, that he may have believed, based upon his famous statement, surely this was the Son of God. But the account is just a statement, not a confession of faith. Later in history, we do know that during Paul's life, many of Nero's Praetorian Guard came to Christ. But as for this man, was he one of them? We do not know. It cannot be said. One other thing we do know about the centurion of the four men at the cross was that he was the only one who walked away alive. Alive to think about that day's events. Alive to investigate the life of Christ to know who he was. Alive to know why Jesus was called the King of the Jews. Alive to think about the humility and righteousness of Christ that he acknowledged. Alive to do as he desired with his soul. Alive to decide to be a follower or to stay as he was without hope. That centurion walked away, but no one walks away from Calvary without making a choice. Do you believe in Christ? Or don't you? It's one of the most crucial questions of life. What do I do with Jesus Christ? You came. You heard the gospel message. But will you believe it? Will those around you, your family members, your friends, know that when you die, as a fellow believer, they will see you again? Some men stay in their unbelief. Some men see Jesus without being convinced that he's the Son of God. Read about the life of Christ in the Gospels. Know who you have rejected thus far. Some men never weigh the meaning of Christ's last words on the cross. Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Jesus had a soul. You have a soul. At death the soul goes somewhere. But where? For you. Some men never understand that Life is not all there is. Some men never accept that there is a judgment coming and that they will stand before Christ. Some men never weigh the importance of eternal life. Some men never weigh the consequences that Jesus was the righteous man, the one who bore our sins upon the cross. Did the centurion think about the implications of what he saw? We don't know. Have you thought about the implications of hearing the gospel message without receiving it? Have you believed? Alas, poor Yorick, where will he stand in the judgment? Where will you stand? This has been Pastor Keith Rankin of Marion Independent Baptist Church. Until next time, God bless.